Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Shiv Glani, and today on Raise the Line, I'm really happy to be joined by KX Jin. KX is the head of health at Facebook and has been leading their COVID-19 response. He has worked on developing health-related products like a blood donation tool and health support groups, as well as how to stem the spread of misinformation about the coronavirus on Facebook's platforms. KX, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate the time. So you've had a storied history at Facebook in 14 years working there. I would love to hear more about your background in your own words and the career trajectory that ultimately led you to becoming head of health at Facebook. Yeah, it's been a journey. I don't think uh, when I originally joined, I was expecting to be here 14 years later. I joined right out of school, actually. I did computer science and uh, psychology at Harvard, graduated in 06, uh, joined as a software engineer at what was then a startup and uh, joined two weeks before we launched Newsfeed. And so that was the first project I worked on. Uh, spent a few years working on Newsfeed as an engineer. Then I switched into ads, had always been kind of interested in topics at the intersection of uh, CS and economics and uh, spent about five, six years building out the ads engineering team, uh, took it basically from conception to multi-billion dollar business and the IPO. Uh, and then I switched uh, into product and spent several years in the Facebook app, uh, was working on products like Facebook groups, workplace, messenger kids. And, uh, you know, this interest in the intersection of human connection and health has been something I'd been thinking about for a while. So my wife's a physician, and so we've been talking about the intersection of our worlds for probably a decade now. And uh, then in my time in Facebook app, I was just seeing more and more and hearing more and more of people using uh, our products to meet health-related needs. And uh, we're hearing from folks that this was often uh, one of the most important things for them. And you know, whether it's like connecting with other people who are going through similar uh, challenges or connecting with a doctor or helping someone find a blood donor for, for their parent, uh, we were consistently hearing that this was something that people were, were doing. And I just felt like we had a responsibility to better support some of these needs and an opportunity to better support some of these needs. So this had been building for quite some time. I had my second kid, uh, did a little bit more reflection. Um, my first kid also had some health issues and that also I think affected some of my thinking. And so came back and uh, uh, this is about 2018 now and uh, uh, made the transition. And I'm really grateful that uh, I have the opportunity to work on some of these challenges every day. You've done some pretty interesting things at Facebook Health. Uh, I mentioned the blood donation tool and the health support groups. Could you tell us a bit more about the overall priorities of Facebook Health and then how COVID has affected those priorities? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. So our health team sits as part of our broader social impact efforts. So we're really gold in the long run around helping create positive change, in this case, in health, in the world, in deep partnership with the organizations that have the same goals as we do outside of Facebook. And so that's kind of the overall charter of the team. We really try to focus on things that will have a significant positive impact on health outcomes in the long run, say five or 10 years, uh, and which Facebook is uniquely suited to do. So we really want to lean into the things that if we didn't do, they wouldn't happen and or wouldn't happen as well. And so that's the overall thinking. Um, you mentioned blood donations, for example. It's a great example of this, where we were actually hearing from partners and people that they were already using Facebook and WhatsApp to find donors for folks, and they were having some success 
success. And so we thought that we could maybe help support that better through a, a product. And so we've been working really closely with blood donation partners, organizations, as well as donors themselves over the last few years to support this use case. The product itself is pretty simple. It lets you sign up to be a donor. And then after you've registered on Facebook, you get notified when the blood bank nearby has needs. And so we, we've been iterating on this quite closely with uh, our partners. And the results, I think, have been really strong. Uh, you know, in addition to just a lot of people having signed up to to be donors, I think around 70 million people worldwide have signed up already. More importantly, it's actually having an impact on donation rates. So when we rolled this out in the U.S. last year, our partners did a study and it showed that there was a 19% increase across the country in first-time donors showing up at blood banks. And this is using aggregated data from the blood bank partners themselves. And that's an example, I think, of, of some of the impact we, our partners, our users can have when, when we work together on some of these goals. That's pretty incredible. I mean, as a user of Facebook, but also somebody in the healthcare field, uh, I was impressed when I saw that tool, but also the organ donation tool where people were encouraged to become organ donors a couple of years ago. And so moving into 2020, which has been a very unusual year for a lot of different reasons, how has COVID affected the priorities that you all have set for Facebook Health? Great question. We prioritize our partnerships with health organizations together to identify the top priorities for us to focus on jointly. And obviously, this year has had a lot of priority changes given the really unfortunate situation. So I think starting in middle to late January was when Facebook started ramping up its COVID response, uh, in part due to feedback we were getting from partners like the WHO. And uh, I'd say since end of January, when the WHO first declared COVID as a public health emergency of international concern, uh, this has been the top priority for our team and actually a lot of other teams at the company as well. Got it. I know we've heard a lot about some of the role that tech has played in COVID, ranging from tracking and helping contact trace to information, you know, spreading valid information. Obviously, Twitter and YouTube and other companies are working on this as well. What role do you think tech should play in relation to COVID? And, and how has Facebook used the tech to address COVID, both for employees and for your massive audience? Yeah, it's a great question. As I said earlier, with Facebook, we're really focused on where are the places where we can uniquely contribute in significant ways. And so for us, we've been focused on a few things. The first is really helping people get access to credible, trusted information and support and reducing misinformation. And the second is helping support health experts, policymakers, and researchers with data and tools that help inform them and help them make better decisions for the people they serve. So those are kind of the two core areas of focus for our work. And we've been investing quite heavily in both uh, on the connecting people to uh, information side, we launched this COVID information center on Facebook and have been working really closely with ministries of health, WHO, and so on through the COVID information center and through other experiences to connect people to authoritative information. Uh, at this point, over 2 billion people have been connected to authoritative information through these efforts to date. Uh, and we've obviously been updating them as the specific needs, whether that's mask wearing or other things have evolved through the course of the pandemic. And then on the data and tool side, one of the things we've been doing is partnering very closely with CMU, University of Maryland, MIT, JHU, and a few other uh, academic organizations to run these very large scale surveys to 
people on Facebook to really understand overall symptom trends, access to care needs, behaviors, whether they wear a mask or not, and so on. And uh, these, I think, are the, the largest scale surveys that have been done to date. Over 30 million people worldwide have uh, volunteered and opted in to contribute to this. And these are informing decisions from policymakers today. I think that's one of the most interesting things and great aspects of Facebook is that given you're, you know, you have billions of users, when you turn something on, you're able to get, you know, 70 million people to sign up for a blood donation that maybe hadn't before or 30 million people to do the survey and provide massive information to the public health experts, as you mentioned. You know, this year, we've also heard a lot about trends in remote work and the tech industry as a whole. Facebook, among other tech companies, have extended their work from home policies as a result of COVID. I would love to hear what you think some of the lasting impacts of COVID will be on the tech industry as a whole. Yeah, it's a great question. I don't think I have the, the answers here. I mean, I think if the one learning for me is just there's so much uncertainty and I think just being able to, to operate under that uncertainty and recognize that three months from now might be different, I think has been the main learning. Um, you know, on a personal level, I think COVID has highlighted for me how critical technology is in helping people stay connected. And that's both in personal life and at work. You know, on the personal side, you know, my parents are older Americans and so they've been isolating at home. And early on, it was pretty hard to stay in touch with them. And I was just so thankful for all of the different tools, some by Facebook, some by other companies that have enabled that level of connection that certainly wasn't possible a couple of decades ago, even when I was in school. And I think we're seeing the same thing on the work side. You know, I was involved in helping Workplace, which is Facebook's enterprise collaboration tool get set up. And, you know, we've seen a tremendous uptick in usage of Workplace and a lot of these associated tools as people have been working more remotely. So I think that's on the specific technical side. I think the other thing that has accelerated that I'm optimistic about is I think COVID has really accelerated some cross-sector collaborations, both between tech companies, but also like between like Facebook and our health partners and our health organizations. And these were things that I think were already in progress and we'd already been, you know, investing in heavily, like the Blood Donations Partnership. But I think a lot of this has been accelerated. And I think it's been helpful uh, in some parts of the COVID response. And it's one of the things I'm most optimistic about lasting beyond the COVID response, because ultimately, you know, one of the roles we can play is helping health organizations meet people where they are, which is increasingly online. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for good by figuring out how best to use the unique online tools to accomplish those missions. Totally. I couldn't agree more. And the next question is maybe informed by Facebook Health's team. I know you employ a number of physicians. I had previously interacted with Ronnie Zeiger as an example. I met him at a TED conference, I believe, TED Med. And then you mentioned your wife as a physician too. So either through your direct experience or indirectly through them, what do you think some of the lasting changes are going to be to the healthcare system as a whole as a result of COVID? You know, it's hard to speculate on the health system, healthcare system overall. Um, I'd say from a tech point of view, we have seen an acceleration of just the adoption of digital tools to engage with the people that these health systems are trying to serve. Um, I think one of the most striking examples was just this acceleration of telehealth, right, over uh, the last six months. And I think, I think that's probably gone down a little bit as stuff opened up a little more, but I also think it's kind of 
going to be a sustained trend and not just this type of like video visit, but also, you know, getting information or being able to have, uh, you know, have your questions answered uh, outside of having to go in, I think is a, a trend that um, uh, is likely going to continue. We've seen a lot of really interesting adoption of WhatsApp and the WhatsApp business API. In this case, in Singapore, for example, uh, early on, the government set up a helpline to essentially push out accurate information around COVID and update people on, on what they need to know because the, the information was changing so quickly. And I believe, according to them, something like 10 to 20% of the entire country signed up for that hotline or helpline. And I think it continues to be used to this day. And so that's an example of, I think, adapting to some of the new technologies and, and new needs. And that is, I think, something that I'm excited to continue to work together with these partners on. Totally. I mean, that's, uh, again, on the topic of being able to scale. I mean, that probably isn't even the largest WhatsApp group that's ever been made. I'm sure there's larger ones, but it's a great example. You know, at Osmosis, we're a teaching company. We do health education, and we love to fill in knowledge gaps for providers, for students, and for general consumers. Some of our most popular content has been around COVID, and we work directly with the CDC to create COVID-related content. If you were to give us advice, what topics would you like us to work on to educate your consumers or, or just people in general that you think everyone should know? That's a great question. Um... Let me maybe highlight something that I feel like I've been learning about uh, and still are, but I think is quite important. So my, my previous role at Facebook was more on the ad side of the company. And if you think about it, one of the points of ads is actually fundamentally around behavior change, right? And how do you actually get the right messages from the right messenger at the right time? And I think there's a lot to do around applying some of those learnings to public health, especially in the current context where so much of helping keep people safe, helping people keep their primary and friends safe is around behavior change right now, right? It's, it's around whether that's wearing masks or reducing the number of close contacts or trying to avoid indoor settings for extended periods of time uh, as much as possible. And it's not sufficient, we found, to just give people the information. This is something our partners have found too. It's also quite important to communicate that in a way that is likely to affect the desired change. And I think that's something that really requires an interdisciplinary approach across public health, across communication and behavioral science, and across some of the technology and other platform channels around where you might meet people. And that's something that we're continuing to learn about here at Facebook, but I think is something that would be very important to continue to refine together. And that's a really great observation that it comes down not only to education, information, but then behavior change. You know, one of the first articles that my co-founder Ryan and I wrote when we started Osmosis was what can medical education learn from Facebook and Netflix? And we took a lot of uh, lessons about being able to deliver the right content at the right time to students. One observation I'll make is I went to my five-year Harvard reunion, and it was remarkable how the reunion felt so seamless because Facebook and the newsfeed had kept me up to date on so many of my colleagues' major milestones. When they graduated, this one became a lawyer, this one got married, this one had a child. And so it's pretty cool to see the effect that platforms like Facebook can have by targeting you with the right content at the right time, as you mentioned. So I do think there's a, a pretty strong responsibility, but also opportunity for platforms like Facebook to be able to, to send the right information at the right time. And hopefully moving forward, get more people vaccinated as an example of something that's imminently needed. 
Um, I had two last questions because we're coming up in time. One is, you know, our audience is millions of current and future healthcare professionals, as well as general consumers and their patients and their family members. What advice would you give to someone who's considering a career in healthcare? My heart goes out to a lot of the younger people here in college who are just getting started in their career at this time. Yeah, at least for me, it was hard enough to navigate the process and figure things out outside of the context of a global pandemic and you know how that's disrupted a lot of things. So I just wanted to acknowledge it's a really difficult time. You know, I think one of the things for me, and this took me a while to realize, is kind of getting clarity on what I really valued and what I felt was the most meaningful thing for me, what was helpful, because I think that actually helped me like ultimately ground, you know, the direction I chose to go professionally and, and you know, taking this role about two, two years ago, it's something I'm uh, really grateful I did. And, you know, it's easier to like explain it now, but certainly at the time it took a lot of reflection. And I think like my main takeaway from that was uh, getting grounded on being able to work on a, a space that has a lot of personal meaning to me is something I'm both grateful for, but also has been really helpful for me professionally. Certainly, I can definitely see that again with some of the results you even mentioned there. So my last question is, is there anything else you would like our audience to know about uh, you, about Facebook health or the tech industry as a whole? I think there's still a lot of opportunity in bringing these different perspectives together, you know, whether it's the patient perspective, family caregiver, care team, clinician, you know, health expert perspective. And I think just the best results happen when all of these perspectives come together. And Facebook, we're not health experts, we're not a healthcare company. And the things we're really focused on are just helping bring some of these perspectives together because our core is really helping bring people together and helping bring uh, people and organizations together. And uh, I've been really hardened by a lot of the collaborations and learnings uh, that have happened to date through some of our work. And I'm very, very excited to see that continue. Well, with that, KX, thanks again for taking the time to be with us today. And more importantly, for the work that you and your team at Facebook Health are doing to help flatten the curve by getting people to get the right coronavirus information as well as the other work that Facebook Health is doing, regardless of the pandemic, with the blood donation work. So thanks again for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. With that, I'm Shiv Rivani. Thank you to our audience for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise the line since we're all in this together. Take care. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. <laughs>